You are listening to WHOA Podcast, coming to you from Gainesville, Florida. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the WHOA GNV Podcast, the podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa. Today on the show, we have Priscilla Oliveres, USA Today best-selling author, and with her is Diane Farb, local award-winning romance writer who writes under under the name Rebecca Heflin. I think I said that all right. You did. How did, I do, how did I do on the last name? Was that very right? well, very yeah. well. <laughs> Oliveres is that like close? You Oliveras. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's way better. It's way, be- it's way, it's way better when you say it. Um, and um, Ty's sick today. For everybody who's listening Aww. and seeing, he texted me like a half hour ago and was like, yo dude, I'm not making it for sure. So I'm just giving you a heads up. And um, so it's me rocking it solo today with you ladies. Thank you so much for being being here. I'm excited to have you. Um, can't wait to get into this story because one, everything, the timing worked out perfectly for this because when Priscilla, um, when I first met you, and we met at the- Krispy Kreme. At, at the Krispy Kreme. I was like, free donut, <laughs> sure. <laughs> we had met there and you had told me that you were, uh, a, how do you, well, how would you, ref, like when you tell people what you do, how do you t- tell oh, them? I mean, I say author, but like. Yeah, contemporary romance author. Contemporary um, like my romance. tagline is contemporary romance with a Latinx flavor. Okay. And we really started talking about, okay, oh man, this might be perfect for like Valentine's Day. We could mm-hmm. like really kind of talk yeah. about maybe some cool Valentine's Day. I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm married. Valentine's Day is around the corner. <laughs> I could really use some advice and some like really cool things to do. And then we can talk about, you know, what you guys do for a living and how you mm-hmm. got into it. And I thought this would be super interesting. So I'm glad that it worked out that you yeah. guys are here. So thank you so much for being here. Um, real quick, I want to tell Gainesville about a couple, because we're, you know, we're into the new year now. This episode's going to air on January 21st. And um, one of the things that I know is coming up right around the corner is TEDx Gainesville. Do you, have you guys ever mm-hmm. you seen mm-hmm. into TED Talks and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. I've listened to some. I haven't they're, been to an amazing. event here. Yeah. 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 So like I like I gotta speak I gotta speak at one of these things one day I feel like that's something that I would do, um, but TEDx Gainesville this is the inaugural TEDx Gainesville I know that oh. they have had TEDx UF before yes. but this is the first TEDx Gainesville, and mm-hmm. um, it's gonna be held on February 9th, two thousand nineteen from two to five p.m. at the Cade Museum and tickets are on sale. Uh, you know, now and are limited to 100 first come, first serve. So make sure you get them. The theme this year will be courageous conversations. Huh, interesting. So, yeah, so I'm all about TED Talks, and I thought that was a it was a cool thing that was happening here in Gainesville. I was like, oh, I'm definitely gonna let the world know about that. So anyway. Cool. Gainesville, I hope everybody's New Year's off to a good start. Did you guys have a good holiday season? I did, I had um, family in town. My three daughters came from, they're all up north, so they came down for the warmth which was not as warm no. as it has been in the past, but we still played some tennis. Um, so we had a good time, yeah. Cool, yeah. what about you, Diane? It was lovely, it was very quiet, but um, I, I have a newfound half-sister, and uh, so I got to spend some time with her and her three children, so it was great. What do you mean by cool. newfound, what does that mean? I discovered her on Ancestry DNA. <laughs> really? Yes. Like, and you just did not know that you had a half-sister? Well, there had always been a rumor that there was a, a half-sister out there, but. And you found her. Oh, wow. Found her. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah. What, a cool, what a cool holiday story. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Awesome. I mean, that's neat. Well, one of the things that we like to do as we get into this episode, I'm gonna, you know, my mind's gonna start going a million miles an hour in a comp- 
several different directions <laughs> and we'll probably like make circles like this throughout the episode. Um, but uh, you know, I like to start with the origin stories. I like to like take it back and find out how you got to this point, what led to you becoming an author. Um, and, and then I'm just gonna ask you guys a bunch of questions that come top of mind. <laughs> okay. So Priscilla, why don't you tell us how you got into uh, writing? How I got into writing, first I was a reader, I, you know, as a kid, always a reader. Um, a lot of people like to um, ask me like how, what, how I became a romance writer, romance reader. Um, I think if you go on my website, you'll see the first time I read an adult romance, we were actually, I grew up junior high, high school in Key West, and so we were in a hurricane shelter waiting out a storm, and by day two, I was bored out of my mind, driving my, my parents crazy and my dad. Um, reached in a bag of books because part of his hurricane um, preparation, his supplies was a bag full of Harlequin romance novels. My dad's a huge romance reader. And he was like, take one of my books, start reading it and leave us alone. And and that was the birth of an adult romance, you know, the romance novels. Um, so that's when I kind of fell in love with the romance genre. And then flash forward several years later, I've been writing for a long time. I. I decided to start writing romance. I was a young college co-ed, married, and we had a newborn, and my then husband was military, and we had um, a short notice move, so I had to take a semester off of school, and I was at home with just a newborn baby, and I needed something for me to do, and like a lot of people, I thought, oh, I like writing, reading books. I'll write a book, how difficult could it be? Um, that book will never see the light of day. Um, but it was, a good, it was a good learning experience. And so that was the first, um, I thought I was all high tech. I had an electric typewriter that had a button. You could hit a button, it would actually like go backwards and, and put the correct tape for you. That's how long ago this was um, and how non-techy I was, um, still kind of am. But so that was the beginning of writing my learning, you know, sitting down to, not even a computer, sitting down to a typewriter to start. And it's kind of just gone from there, discovering Romance Writers of America and, and becoming an active member of that. Um, but I think it took me five books before I sold. And I, I think each of those books, I learned a little bit more about myself and about my craft. Um, and as much as I would say I would have liked to have been publishing for the last 26 years instead of just writing for the last 26 years, I do feel that um, by the time I, f I finally sold, it was the right book with the right, with the right publisher. Um, I had found my voice as an author, as, as a writer. It took me several books um, and a lot, of, a lot of life living to find my voice and what I want to write about. That's something that I definitely want to kind of circle back to because mm -hmm. I think I think it'd bring a lot of a lot of value. So our audience is very entrepreneurial, and I think a lot of you know even for entrepreneurs like myself, I've been doing this for 15 years, and, and I've had a lot of people go, "Hey, so Colin, when are you going to write a book?" Uh. <laughs> it's like, oh man, like yeah, is it's, that something that I should consider? One, I'm I'm super over the top uh, picky about mm -hmm. my grammar and stuff, so like oh. I, I feel like when I write. You know, I get asked to write articles for like local magazines mm -hmm. and and shout out to Business Magazine here in Gainesville. Ooh. They've definitely had me write a few articles, but like the, those articles have taken me a long time to write. Because <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> is that right? Is that grammar correct? And then so so I got super comfortable with being on camera and speaking. Yeah, and, and it's different. And it's it's, it's very, very different. different. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be a blogger, but I'll be a vlogger. <laughs> so <laughs> hey. that's kind of the same thing. Find your find your strengths. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and I went that direction, but 
you know, it's it's funny because I've had a lot of people say, hey, you gonna write a book one day? I'm like, um, if I can speak all the words yeah. and have them- And share them with share, Show up on paper? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the There's a, the, the teacher in me, like when you started saying, you start looking at your grammar, you're like, I always tell my students, whether it's fiction or in a tech writing class, your brain has those two different sides, the creative side and the editing side, and if you try to mesh them while you're writing, you like, you, you'll stop yourself. So the best thing is throw it up on the page, you know, get your words down on there, and then you can always go back and edit and grammar and, and yeah. all that kind of stuff, but you I'm can't revise like, a blank word. <laughs> was like, is the period go inside of the course? In the US, it goes outside. inside. Yeah. In the US, it goes it inside. inside. If you're writing in England, it goes outside. But, oh so. my gosh. Yeah. That's that's a whole other element I never even thought about. <laughs> now I got to write the book in two different ways. For that. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. That's what, that's, they'd have a copy editor or something. Uh, okay, that's that's funny. Uh, so anyway, like that's something we should definitely circle around and come back to because I sure. think it would be super interesting to hear about like that first time getting mm -hmm. published from you guys. But before we do that, Diane, why don't you tell us a little bit about your story, how you, how you got into writing, and take take us back. Well, again, just like Priscilla, it's I started as a reader, mm -hmm. uh, a romance reader. My sister. Um, my lifelong sister, just to qualify that for my newfound half-sister, um, is 11 years older than I am, and she gave me a book when I was 15. Um, Kathleen Woodwiss's Shanna. Oh, yeah. classic. And uh, told me not to let mom see. <laughs> and told me Good to read it. Good sister advice. Yes, and told me to read it. Um, it was about, I don't know, two and a half, three inches thick, and I mm -hmm. thought, there is no way I'm reading this book. And I finished it in no time, and that was it. Um, I found a passion in reading romance. <laughs> <laughs> Pun intended. Pun intended. Um, and I'd always wanted to write, but I never really had the courage to do it. And um, literally a midlife crisis. At um, 47, they really do exist. <laughs> um, and I just needed an outlet. I needed something um, that I could be passionate about. And I thought, you know what? I've always wanted to do this. I'm just gonna sit down and I'm gonna give it a try. And um, I made a goal for myself to be published before I was 50, and I published two books um, before I was 50. Yay. Awesome. And, um, and like Priscilla, I, if I had written in my 20s or even my 30s, it, it would have just, it would have been different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I needed to, I needed to live life. I needed to experience some things in order to be able to put them into my books. What was it about that moment, like to build up the courage to actually do it? It was frightening. Actually, writing it wasn't so frightening. Um, having someone read it was scary as hell. <laughs> um, and the first person to read it was my husband. Ooh. And, How did that go? Um, <laughs> you know, it's funny, as um, as he likes to say, he was scared to death, too, because he didn't know, you know, what if I hate it? Yeah. Do I tell her the truth? Um, or do I, you know, lie to her and say, it's great, honey, <laughs> go for it. Um, but he said that he didn't have to worry because he loved it. Yay. That's awesome. Yeah. My first fan. <laughs> <laughs> for you personally like just taking the step to to do that i mean when, when you did that having 
having that feeling, because I think a lot of people can relate to that. Like, man, just judge. I mean, even with me doing video stuff, and even with this podcast, it's like, man, what are what are people going to think if I if I say something that comes out that's not as I intended? Will I be judged? judged on that Mm -hmm. and you know I think a lot of people hold back from actually doing things because they're so afraid of what other people will think you know has that prevented you guys at all like in your writing or you're just like nope I'm gonna do my thing and 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 if that's the case like how did you get yourself to that point I I try oh oh, no you go (laughs) I try not to let that censor me um especially when you're writing romance it it, you're, you have to put your characters through hell <laughs> before they can have mm-hmm. their happily ever after. And, um, I, you know, certainly some of my readers will, will comment about things, but I, you can't let that censor you. You've got to write your story the way you want to write it. I think when I started, it, I, didn't, I don't see it so much as courage as probably foolhardy, like, I can write a book, right? I, I read these all the time, which maybe in a sense was helpful because it didn't, I didn't doubt myself at first. I wasn't afraid. So I don't think it took me courage. It really, um, it was just something that I foolishly thought would be easy and very quickly learned was not easy. Uh, um, I think the fear of within romance, within the genre, and, and maybe it's true for other genres, there are a lot of, our romance fans um, um, are really rat, typically rabid readers. They'll, you know, they'll read a lot, they have a lot of expectations. Some people will say romance is very formulaic, you have to have that happily ever after. And, and there are, and I'm gonna try not to let the teacher in me come out too much, um, but there are specific beats, specific elements that sh- you should find within a romance novel. The trick is, I feel, um, she has to hit those beats, I have to hit those beats, but we need to hit, hit them in a unique way, create unique characters so that it, it feels believable and it doesn't feel formulaic to the reader. The reader, um, so that I meet their expectations, for what makes a romance novel, but also my goal, her goal is we've we've created these characters in our mind that have come to life on the page and the reader falls in love with them. And my goal is I've written a keeper shelf novel that that book that they want to keep on their shelf to pull down again to revisit, you know, with those characters again because they become like friends or they become like familia. Um, so. It has to be a, a new twist on maybe an right. old story. I mean, think about it like the Lion King is Hamlet. Right. Right. So you think of all these stories that they're, they're twists on things. It's taking something but putting your spin on it. We might, we might both have the same type of character, the same job, but my character is gonna, because of the background that I have created or that she or he have, have whispered in my ear for them, um, is gonna think and react. We're gonna walk into a room and see different things and notice different things, and, and that comes into creating those gonna, believable characters. We're gonna approach the world in a different mm-hmm. way. I had no idea that the Lion King was Hamlet. <laughs> <laughs> I blew your mind. Oh my gosh, okay. I'm, like, I'm still like, what? I'm like, what? The Lion King is Hamlet? <laughs> I'm now gonna go like watch both. And like, I had no idea. I just thought the Lion King was Lion King and that it was awesome and that it's being remade this year and I can't wait for it to come out. And I know that I'm not the only one in the room that's excited for it. Oh the no, yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> well, so you said you had, Diane, you said you had made, or you had created, written, well, written, 
two books before you were 50. So how many books total have you written? I have nine out now. Nine. Nice. And I'll <laughs> so be 56 like, in March. <laughs> you're, like, you're literally like this. I could just see that. Just right, right, right. Cool. And um, Priscilla, what about you? How many books have I you I have written? five out now. My, my debut was October 2017, and okay. then I had four this last year. How long does it take for you to write one of these things? Um, it's a... I wrote like like a fiend. I had a I had a three book contract and then two other a novella, so it's a shorter book and um, and another novel opportunity came up. So I was writing a lot and not sleeping a lot. Uh, um, but typically, so, <laughs> um, I shoot for like a thousand words a day. Okay. Um, and then you know, so that could be about like if on the weekend if if I have like a full day and I'm not and you know, I don't have a, like my day job, then I can write a little bit more. But then it's not it's not like you write those thousand words and you're done because then you have revision and you have editing right. and, and all of that as well. So I'm right just, now, hearing you guys talking, I'm like, man, it's going to take me 15 years <laughs> to write my first book. No, <laughs> like, no. <laughs> I'm like, man, I'm, I cannot pump. Again, not, then it also depends writer. on the length of your of your sure. novel. You know, like mine are contracted eighty to eighty five thousand words. Um, Self pub, you can you, however yes. long the story needs to be. Yeah, I um so I have a full time day job, and then my husband and I also have a nonprofit foundation. So I stay pretty busy. So it takes me about a year to finish a full length novel, and my starting word count goal is usually about sixty five thousand. But then by the end. It usually ends up being between 70 and 75. Mm -hmm. The last one that I just released is close to 80,000. Okay. Oh, so Priscilla, I'll write you brought some years, right? I did. So hold up a couple of them real this quick. This is show, my show the camera right here. This, this is yeah. my debut. Um, his perfect partner. It was um, Romance Writers of America. Every year we have um, the Rita. It's a published author contest, and so. Um, Yasmin and Tomas's story, it was up for best first book, it was a, a finalist for best first book and best mid-length contemporary romance. So, and it is the first book, there's a trio. These are, this is like my Fernandez familia. It's three sisters, that's Rosa, she's the second one. And then the third one is Lili. Um, and Lili's book, Lili and Diego, came out in December. So it's three sisters. Um, I write mostly a lot about like family themes. Um, the other opportunity that came up, they asked me to write a Christmas novella, and so their cousin decided to visit from Puerto Rico, and <laughs> this is Julia's story. They all take place around, um, in and around Chicago, in and around Chicago, so sorry. In and around Chicago, so uh, um, a lot of family themes, a lot of familia themes. I write with um, Latinx characters, and um, so in, in in my culture, whether I want my family to be involved in my business, they are. <laughs> so, like in, in book one, you meet all of the sisters and some extended familia, um, and so you meet them all. But it's one sister's romance, so her and Tomas. In book two, it's Rosa and Jeremy, but again, like the sisters are on the phone or they're showing up unannounced, you know, kind of getting involved in, in, in each other's lives. So I like it because as a reader, I enjoy a series where characters will show up. Maybe I'm on book four, but the hero and heroine from book one pop in and, oh, look, they have a baby. So it's like, you know, oh, you know, touching base with, um, with old friends. As an author, it was a challenge. It was the first time that I wrote a series. And so I had to remember when I wrote Lily's book, it was four years after 
you know, in the chronology of the series, four years. Did you have to go back and reread your first um, book? To like... Not not reread. I think maybe because I wrote them, had to write like book one when I sold in March of 2016, book one was done. Um, I just had an idea for book three and I had like the first chapter of book two. So I had to write them all, book two and three you know, after that time frame. So I was like living in the Fernandez Familia world for so long. Um, things like, you know, Jeremy's house shows up in, in one book. And so when I'm gonna go look, when I'm gonna, when someone's visiting or there's a scene in that house in book three, I gotta make sure and I go back, what color counters did he have? Or, oh, you know, you know those kinds of things. So kind of try to keep a story Bible that I can just go back and refer to. Um, working with a publisher at Kensington, the very very first, when I got my copy edits for book one, they sent me a list of every single character that was named. Like in book one, her best friend has an ex-boyfriend that's never on the page, but his name comes up and he's on that list, um, you know, and that was the first time that, that I had seen something like that. So you bet like with the other ones, I keep you know, a running list. Kensington keeps one for me in that series, but what, if I'm writing something else, I will, you know, like when I started writing, I wrote one one other book for a different publisher, for Thule Publishing. I'm sorry, I feel bad if I don't show it. This is Resort <laughs> to Love. Um, and actually in that book, we, we took Cedar Key and we turned it into our own little key. It's called Paradise Key. Um, I wrote this series with three other authors. And so we took the roadmap of Cedar Key and populated it ourselves and turned it into our own little place and, and wrote a series of four best friends. Interesting. I, and, and so this is to get my brain turned. I'm like, how, it sounds like you guys are writing a lot. Yes. Right? <laughs> so if you're writing a lot, like, are you still reading a lot? Do you read other authors very mm -hmm. frequently? Yes. You do. I find it inspirational. Me too. You know, like when I read an author I really love, mm -hmm or even a new author and I'm enjoying the book, it makes me want to get back to the computer so that I can hopefully make my readers feel the same way I did reading that book. Exactly, um, I'm always reading a book. It's, um, it's on my Kindle, my phone, mm -hmm. I have it with me all the time. So whenever I get a minute, um, mm -hmm. I read. Pull it out. That's, that's really, really cool. Hey, um, Priscilla, so what makes like what classified you or what got you to the point where you were a USA Today best-selling author? Because that sounds like a pretty cool title. <laughs> that, it, I'm, in, I'm enjoying it, but that just happened and I, I will say it was um, this book, the novella, I was invited. Fern Michaels is a really well-known yes. um, romance author. She publishes with Kensington. My, my editor is her editor and every year Fern puts out a Christmas anthology and they invite three other Kensington authors to write a a Christmas-themed novella, and a novella is 40,000 40, words or less. Ours were 25, like capped at 25,000. Um, they all, the, the thing they have in common, the, the Christmas theme. They asked me to write one in my Fernandez Familia story world, hence Julia, the cousin that shows up. Uh, um, and that book made it to number 49 on the USA Today, and then it was really cool. I, I didn't even think about that this happening, um, but I had a friend who was traveling, and she sent me a picture. She posted on Facebook 
Facebook or Twitter, you That's know, cool. a social media. Like, she was at, at the airport, and it was in the in the airport bookstore, and it was like number nine best on on, on the bestseller. And I was like, oh my gosh! That's so, um, cool. so then it became as I was traveling, looking at all the you know, looking at all the airports, just having a, a geek out moment. Um, but so that's been really. Did you do any of the secret signing thing where you like go up to your own book and you like sign the inside and? Lady? No, because I'm always afraid I would get yelled at. Like really? I, I thought about <laughs> signing one, and but then I, I didn't want you? them to say, "Hey, what are you doing? Now you got to buy that." No, I, I mean, I would have bid it. I would I would have bought it, but, <laughs> but I didn't want to get yelled at in the in the in the bookstore. I think that's cool. So. Like I mean, I would think it's awesome if I picked up a book and like the author's signature was on the inside. I've, you I've totally done that do here at Books a Million. Okay. They've allowed me, and I have a sticker that you can put on it that says. Um, like signed copy or yeah. author signed, you know, so I can put like it's a little gold sticker I'll put yeah, on the on cool. the front. Um, but I always ask because if they don't sell, like a bookstore can return them, but they cannot return them if they're signed. signed. So oh, frankly, it's good for me to go sign it because then they can't they can't <laughs> send it back. <laughs> However, it's it's not my item, so I so I don't do that. But I did um, I did take a lot of you know geeky pictures like you know, in, in the bookstore selfies, waiting until maybe like nobody was looking and, I'd go <laughs> and, and post a picture. Yeah. Well, I'm so. gonna, I'm gonna toot Priscilla's horn because <laughs> her perfect partner, which is the book that was up for the Romance Writers of America Rita Award for best first book. The Rita is like the Oscars mm. of our genre. So it's a huge honor. Thank That's you. Cool. It was exciting. This yeah. is super great for me because like, I mean, I'm just gonna be honest, I've never even read a romance novel. So We're gonna challenge you. We're gonna challenge you. Like one of my yeah. one of my first. Uh, but yeah, well, one, I'm not a very big reader to begin mm-hmm. with. Probably that's probably why I'm terrible at grammar. Um, but it's so it's interesting because like I'm like analyzing y'all's time. And I'm like, man, they, they must be writing at a million miles a an lot. hour. Because I mean, you're writing a lot and then you're reading. I'm like. Do you even have time to eat or sleep? I take <laughs> like, good hammock like naps. So, yeah, so so it makes for me. I'm like, wow. It's called time management. Yeah. Well, I'll be it's, honest. When I'm like, when I'm, um, I had to write at the, last year, the beginning of 2017. I like turned in a book the Monday of Thanksgiving week, and then the Monday after, I had the month of December to write the novella, the 25,000 words, you know, over the holidays, and then I turned that in, and I had six weeks to write, a, you know, uh, another book that had to be 45 to to 50,000. Um, so I was like in the car, the radio was not on because yeah. if I'm washing dishes the whole time I was um, either thinking about the scene I had just written going over it again to to you know analyze did I layer in enough is there any anything I need to go back or if I felt okay I had wrapped up that scene then I was thinking about what was coming next so that when I got back to my laptop I was art my headspace was already in where you know what I was going to be working on um, do you so, have to do anything like meditate or do anything from a mental capacity to like really run? Just keep clarity with all that. It seems like there'd be so much. Um, well, I think when it's too much exercise, like for exercise. me, a run, whether I have music or whether I don't. Um, seriously, Zumba is exercise that doesn't feel like exercise, but it's it's fun. Uh, um, but if I need to like get away, like no people, then it's a run, maybe you know, a walk with my dog. Sometimes um, you can be in it too much mm-hmm. and you feel trapped or claustrophobic and so the ideas aren't coming and for me if I can just take a walk by myself um, and just sort of get my mind off of it I find that I circle back and and mm-hmm. get oh okay that's how I can solve that situation 
I have a good brainstorm with my sister. My mom is, um, I, my two main beta readers, my mom, she checks my Spanish, because there's Spanglish in there. Spanglish. Um, and, you know, in my books, there's a lot of, there's some Spanglish throughout. Um, so my mom will check like my accent marks. Um, or I'm kind of mixed. My mom's from Puerto Rico, my dad's Mexican-American, the sisters are from, all, all of the heroines I've written thus far are from Puerto Rico. And so there are times that I, in my Spanish language, will like, I'll say something that, um, we might that I might have heard like the Mexican side of my family say, you know, and 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 so in here she'll make. There have been times where I'll get her comment, and the track changes is, bueno, you can say it like that, but in Puerto Rico, this, you know, this is, and I'm like, oh yeah. So she she kind of checks that for for me. My sister is my main brainstorming partner and um, my critiquer. So when I when I have to write, like right now I have to finish this novel I'm working on, I will write for several days or a week and then I'll send her my pages. And so like Friday, I'm sending her my pages that I've done this week. She'll read them over the weekend, get them back to me on Monday and, you know, or when she, you know, over the weekend or on Monday and then I'll revise and, and keep writing. So we have that system. But when I get stuck um, with um, Resort to Love, there was a secret and there were like multiple ways that it could be revealed because it needed to be revealed. And I was just kind of trying to figure out which was the right thread to pull or to weave back in. And so I just call her and and we'll bounce ideas back and forth. And, and that helps me a lot. To me, that's the hardest thing is if I have multiple roads I could go down, <laughs> it's trying to which decide is which is the best and which is going to unravel the way I want it to. Do you plot? Or are you I a pantser? I'm a pantser. Oh my God, I get high. Just like, <laughs> what does that mean? I don't even know what that means. Okay. I'm getting excited. I don't even know what these terms are. So if you are within writing, there are three main, uh, two main camps. A plotter, someone who you know sits down and plots out the scenes as they're gonna go. Okay. Um, totally me. Or there's a pantser. And a pantser, you have an idea, you kind of, um, uh, whether it's the story idea, you, you kind of know your characters a little bit, and you just sit down, and, write. and I would go. say pray, <laughs> uh, right? I, with, with book two, with Rosa's story, her perfect affair, I lost three months of my life that I'm never gonna get back, because I thought, I'm gonna try to be a pantser. And because I didn't have like this roadmap for me, kind of like a security blanket, letting me know, yes, you know what you're doing, uh, um, and you're not gonna be right in circles I did it it was fall so football right it was more was easier to watch and <laughs> yes. it was Hispanic Heritage Month so the, all those activities were a lot easier to go to so I did everything but right because I was worried we, we kind of we've talked about this that imposter syndrome reared its head about you don't really know what you're doing and so I did everything but right so for me the plotting um, I will plot out the, the main scenes for a whole book even if I start writing and I get halfway through or at some point my character tells me something else or a different idea, a better idea comes up, I can change it. But for me to help those doubts, especially starting a new book that maybe the other ones were a fluke and you don't really know what you're doing. If I have, if I have those scenes plotted out and I've um, done my character sketches and gotten to know my characters, I'm like, okay, you're ready to go dive into their world now. Now see, for me, because I was try I'm trying to write faster, I'm trying mm. to write more books, I thought, well, I need to learn to plot. So 
I tried plotting one of my books, and to me, I lost three months of my life that I'll never get back. So what? It's just na- it's just it's a just, natural. It's just, it has to be your process, yeah. and yeah. like that's something I tell my students. I teach an online romance writing class for Ed to Go, um, and. It is, we go through all these tools like that, that you can use to get to know your characters and, and to plot and, and, but I always tell them, I'm giving you all of, I'm giving you this arsenal, it's in your toolbox, but you can tweak it. Um, if, if the way we talk about it in class works for you, that's great. But if anything that you talk about here or in any other class or you know presentation that you go to, if it stops your creativity, if it, if it stops your production, then that's not the tool for you. Or is there a way that you can tweak it so that is, it, it is your process, you know, it, it fits to your process because you gotta ultimately figure out what's gonna help you get more words on the page. Yeah, cool. no I, one size fits all. So. No. Can I ask you about that online class for a second? Like, mm-hmm. what what spawned that, and is that is that like a supplemental income? Is it? A, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, just a, a little little baby side hustle. Okay. Uh, cool. Um, I love yeah. side hustles. Yeah, that's why I'm asking. Uh, I got that after I got my MFA. I have my MFA in writing popular fiction, and what does that mean? Um, a Master of Fine Arts. Okay. In in the in the field is um writing popular fiction, um, my genre, it was romance, and so I got it from Seton Hill University. Um, it's just outside of Greensburg, Pennsylvania, not to be, a lot of people, I've had people Seton tell Hall. me, no, sweetie, it's Seton Hall, and I'm like, <laughs> no. no, I know where I had to pay tuition. <laughs> um, so it's uh, Seton Hill. Um, and uh, so after I after I got my MFA, then um, um, Ed2Go is an entity, it's Cengage Learning, they have a whole bunch of continuing education courses, so it's not a grade, it's at your own pace. If you wanna submit the homework or, or the assignment that goes with each, with each lesson so that I can give you some feedback or so that others in the class can give feedback, great. If you just wanna do it all on your own, great you know so there there are no grades or anything but um for me it was mostly that was a lot it took me about a year to write the the course trying to pull in from the resources that i had used over the years you know as an unpublished author and then what i had learned in my mfa mostly i just enjoy talking about creative writing and about the romance genre and there have been so many people throughout my years as an unpublished and and as a published author now who have mentored or took the time to share something that that helped me in some way, whether it was personally or professionally or a mix of both, that that's part of, for me, the joy of teaching that class. Cool. Tell me a little bit about the the pen names and stuff. Is this this typical with a lot of authors or is this, I think again, it's per, it used to be years ago. There um, was a larger publisher that that would make your you had to write under pen name because they owned um, the rights or, or something like that. Um, nowadays, um, it's it's a personal preference for me. Um, I write with Latinx characters, and it took me a while to realize what kind of within the romance genre. My first um, like two or three books were. Um, bad for a lot of reasons, but I know now one of the reasons was I was doing what I tell my students to do um, and, and, and I do myself. I was studying the books that were on the shelf and trying to mimic that with my characters, but there were very few books that had diverse characters. 
And it took me years of reading and years of writing and years of maturing and finding my voice to realize that what a key element that was missing in those books was the stories that I really wanna tell about people who look like me and look like my familia and live in a world that is diverse like you know we all do um and so when i made the conscious decision i want to write about you know latinx characters and 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 tell our stories my um my legal name is not last name is not very latino sounding because it's not my my um, maiden name and so to honor like my mom my abuela and other strong women in my family i i have um, my mom's maiden name oliveras what about and, you, and I kept my first name so I know who I am. <laughs> so we already we kind of yeah. had that discussion. We had that discussion before yeah. the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, for professional reasons, I had a my previous job at the university. Um, I just felt it best to have a pen name. Um, in the long run, it was kind of ridiculous because Gainesville is a small town and <laughs> eventually everybody knew, but that's fine. Um, so when it came for me to pick a name, I picked the name of my great, great grandmother. I always thought she had a really cool name, very, okay. very romantic. So Rebecca Heflin. Mm-hmm. So her first, that's her first and last name? Her name was Sarah Ann Rebecca Heflin Apple Smith. You had a lot of names to choose I had from a lot then. Of names to yeah. choose from, but I always like Rebecca Heflin. Nice, so. that's cool. I think I want... the, the pen name it's it, it's just it's a personal for different. I mean, I I do know some authors that um, in their field they don't want their professional their day job field they don't want they don't share, um, you know that they write romance or you know or that they're published authors and so they use a pen name. Um, they can be really you know then really one of them is not on Facebook because she doesn't want the facial recognition um, you know she's highly active in, in other forms of social media to connect with her readers but in this day and age now it's mostly just a personal some authors will have if they write in two different genres they will have a different pen name for each genre even if it's known that they're the same person but that way their readers know when I pick up a book and you know under this name this is the the genre or the type of book I'm going to get um, Nora Roberts is a really well known romance author she writes J.D. Robb you know so you pick up a J.D. Robb book and you know what type of book you're going to get it's not going to be like the Chesapeake Bay trilogy you know under her Nora Roberts name so for different business and personal I can't imagine managing oh goodness more than one pen name yeah (laughs) yeah that sounds like just more work. <laughs> yeah. Well, tell me a little bit about the process of, of getting published, because we said that we wanted to circle back around to this, and I think mm-hmm. this is something that I provide a ton of value, no matter who the audience is, because, again, like, I mean, it's definitely even something that's gone through my head. Is this something that I might want to, to consider one day? So what are, like, the first things that, if somebody's thinking about writing a book, what would what would the first step be into getting one published? Well, now, there, there are multiple avenues. It, it would depend if you're, um, and, and we both, um, I'm traditionally published. Rebecca's been both traditionally, have well, you? Small publisher. Small publisher and, and, and indie. And yeah. then later this year, I'm dipping my toe into the indie pool. Um, so I think it depends on what, you know, like your your personal, 
preferences are if you if you want to sh- if you want to try for like I mean, a publisher a, a new york publisher or a small p- press publisher or if you want to have more control there are pros and cons of of both traditional um or indie pub there's a lot more control if you indie pub um there are a lot more decisions a lot more, a lot more responsibility. Uh, yeah a lot more responsibility um i i give ideas for um for my covers to Kensington. Actually, I, I just sent a big email with a bunch of pictures for the next series that I'm writing. And But there's an art department that's gonna create that. And um, you know, I send them I send them a work document and they format it and it looks like this nice little book. Nice. Uh, um, you know, so there's someone, there's another entity um, that's also helping me get reviews. Like, you know, um, I don't know that I, as Priscilla Oliveras, unpublished or, or you know, newly published, could have gotten my books in Publishers Weekly or reviewed by by um, you know book lists, you know those types of things. Um, so for me, my personal preference, um, and that was a question that people asked me a lot because I was unpublished for so long. Why don't you just self pub? Um, I love the creative side of our business. Yes, I ha- I'm having to learn marketing and promo and all of that because that's just part of it now in this day and age, but I like having my agent to, to bounce ideas off of and my publisher and my editor um, to, you know, in my corner taking care of a lot of the business stuff, things that I'm, you know, I don't even know about. So I think it's the decision would be, if, if you told me you were trying to write a book, I would say, um, it would be good for you to speak with some traditionally published authors if you're thinking about or you're, or you're not even sure if you're if you're thinking maybe self-pub I would you know tell you to, you know talk with Rebecca you know try to get in contact with some self-published authors so that you can learn from them before you make your decision um, yeah, of which way you want to go like like Priscilla said there are pros and cons um, I got my first five books were published with a small publisher um, they were called the digital first. So the ebook would come out first, and then about nine months later, the paperback would come out. And four books ago, I decided I'm gonna try indie publishing. And um, I don't think I could have done that from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I needed to learn a lot before I could do that. Some people start out that way, and they do a great job. But I needed the background. But now that I'm indie published, I love it. <laughs> a lot of control, um, even though it is a lot more responsibility and a lot of, uh, so the, the nice book that gets formatted by a Kensington, that's that's me, I'm formatting my book. Um, I'm hiring a cover designer, um, but I have total control over that, what my cover looks like when it's all said and done. Um, I have control over the price, I have control over when it's released. Um, so I, I really, enjoy that aspect of it more than I thought I would. And so even like from the from the managing the book side, like or, I mean from the managing the business side of the marketing, the the publicity, the promo, there are there are things that so like if I go to my Amazon author page or as because I'm with a traditional published, I can't tell. There are people that are like, "Wow, I sold five books today." I have no idea, right? Kensington or Thule gets that information, whereas as an indie pub, you can see you, you have a lot more access to numbers like that. So you can see when you try some kind of marketing or promo, is that working? You know, is that not working? Because you can look at your sales figures. Me at, at this stage right now, 
I'm I'm doing I'm I'm kind of taking the tack that I'm I'm learning about marketing and promo. I'm doing I'm doing what I can, but what we've also talked about that juggle between um, another reason why I didn't want to try indie was because working full time, my writing time is finite, and I thought, okay, if I only have this chunk of the day to write, and now I'm going to try to self pub, some of that chunk has to get taken away to do the business side, and I just wanted to really focus on the the writing, writing, and and see. And I think because I started writing so long ago, when I started writing, self pub wasn't an entity. Right. My kids were little. We would go to a bookstore. Um, if I had a friend, and, and I was always looking on the shelves to see, is there someone who I met like through RWA? Someone I know, do I have a friend's book out? And and I remember, I've, I've shared this at, in a couple presentations. I did a thing on like resiliency. Like, you know, I'm trying to think of it glass half full. Like, yeah, I stuck with it instead of glass half empty. Damn, girl, what took you so long? <laughs> um, but we went to a bookstore and one of my girls said, Mom, when are we gonna ever come and pick up your book? And I, that was in the back of my head always of, I want that, I, I want that, that moment with one of my kids. And so when it happened, like when book one came out the next week or like about a week later, my youngest was here for a Gator football game. And so we went to Books A Million and we took all those geeky pictures where she was like jazz hands in front of my book and you know, and but, but I needed to have that moment. I wasn't ready ever yet to, to let that, that dream or that you know idea fade away and and so i kind of stuck with traditional that was another reason i would caution though anyone who wants to take the indie publishing approach have your book professionally edited yes um no matter how good you think you are at grammar and punctuation there are things that you're going to miss um it's always better to have it professionally edited so when you're doing it indie you were you just google professional editor Ooh, for no 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 that's why that's why yeah my, yeah that's why i would tell you speak like if i i'm gonna speak do to another author yeah, and say, so like hey. in june i'm i'm releasing with a group of authors an, an anthology of novellas and some of us in the group have self-pubbed and so they you know we, we go we ask them about who are editors that you would recommend you know do you gotcha. know a copy editor do you yes. know a formatter um you know we've kind of been in touch with um, a cover designer, you know, so you want to mine your mine your contacts. I think that's why one of the most important things um, I would say is networking within, you know, like for a writer, networking within. Find some local writers here. If and you're a romance writer, Romance Writers of America is is an yeah, amazing certainly organization. There there will be an organization that that um, fits your genre, whether it's fiction or nonfiction. Um, whether it's um, police procedurals or whatever, there's going to be an organization out there to to get in contact with and become a member of and 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 network. Mm-hmm. But definitely, I would um, I would say you want to get in touch with some self pub. You know, and the one thing I would say the the advent of indie publishing has been amazing for authors because before it was there were those big six in New York, and if they didn't like your book. And you know whether it could be, or if you know books that were maybe a little bit on the edgy, or had just were not as traditional, it was a lot easier for them to say nope, sorry, and then and then that was it. So with small publishers now, and you know cropping up, and with self-publishing, with indie publishing, there are are books that maybe a larger entity you know was too nervous and would pass on that that can still go out there. But exactly what Rebecca said. Uh, um, or Diane, I know we met <laughs> as Rebecca, so to me that she's Rebecca. Uh, um, 
is one thing you want to have whatever whatever you put out there with any kind of company with every you know anything that you're that you're selling people will buy your first book or your first whatever it is but if it's not quality Mm -hmm. they're not going to buy your second and in this day and age it's they're not just going to not buy the second they're going to post on social media and a review on goodreads (laughs) or a review on amazon about why they're not so that first one's got to be awesome for sure. Yes, well, for you, sure. you just want you just you want it to be quality work. Have and you ever so, had a book not do so great as another, and like, and or you know maybe maybe something? I mean, kind of going back to where we were talking earlier about the courage. I mean, have you had that negative review that you're just like, oh my gosh, oh, you just yeah. want to understand oh, yeah. that you were like, you're like, I read. What them. is this person thinking? Yeah, yeah. I read them too. I, I, read, I read them, them all. Trying to see. is it personal? Oh gosh, yeah. Well, yeah. well, be. I think for me because I spend so much time with these characters and in their head. I mean, I feel like there are times um, I've had conversations with a character that's just not doing what I want him to do or her to do. So to me, they're like real, real people. So when someone doesn't like them, I'm like, what do you mean you don't like her? Right? How can you? Right? Not? So there's that. But the business side. So I'll read a review to see is there something I can learn from it right. that I could that I need to remember or take to the next book. But then there are reviews that it's just opinion and not everybody is gonna like my book. I just have to accept that. It's very subjective and one person is going to love it and mm-hmm. the next person may hate it. Right. And yeah, the first negative review is like a knife yeah. to the heart, but but um, hopefully you can learn from it and move on. You do have to have a thick skin. Right. Um, it's funny, I, I'll write a book, I'm, have, I'm thinking of one in particular, and I thought, this is, this is a really good book. I, I'm really, I really like this book. And then it comes out and it doesn't do as well as a book that I, another, ooh, excuse me, another book that I wrote that I thought, yeah, of course, I mean, it's, I thought it was good, but I thought the other book was better. Yeah, so it, you just don't know. It's hard, to, it's hard to know. But really, if you, I'm kind of at the point where um, if I feel like I've, hopefully I feel like I did my best for, for these characters and their story and, and just hope that it'll resonate with readers. Well, the good thing is that you keep writing. Yes, don't, don't yeah, stop like the best writing. marketing, they say the best marketing just tool is the next book. book. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm kind of reading through this preliminary thing that we always send out. Like, and a lot of people know this. I send out a little questionnaire just to just try to get a, a little knowledge, so I don't sound like a complete dumbass. <laughs> like, Never. I don't, I don't know. I don't know anything about romance novel novels, so like, fill me in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I thought this was super interesting. This is something that Diana wrote. She's, she said, many, many think of romantic fiction as anti-feminist, mm-hmm. but nothing could be further from the truth. Today's romantic fiction features strong, kick-ass women who don't need to be saved by their knight in shining armor. They can damn well save themselves. Yes. Thank you very much. I mean, like, I just feel like, are you guys super empowered, like this empowerment of, you know, just going out and empowering women? I mean, is that, do you, do you consider that like part of your job description? Or like, what is it? I don't know that I consider it part of my job description, but. Or how are you trying to change that perspective? Um, I just wanna write strong characters, whether it's men or women, but, um, it's funny, I actually have more fun writing a character who is the exact opposite of me. Um, <laughs> I'm not 
terribly aggressive um, uh, or terribly outspoken. But um, so I love to write characters like that. Um, my heroine in my second book in Rescuing Lacey is as far from me as you can get. And she kicks ass. Um, she is straightforward. She's tough, both mentally and physically. And she was just a delight to write. Um, so that's why I do it, because it's, it's fun for me to explore this different type of character than who I am. I think um, a lot of people ask, you know, is there a little bit of you in, all, in, in, in your books? That's a, that's a common question. Common question. And I will say, sure, maybe at, you know, at some point, but I, in looking at my heroines especially, there's always some trait, some part of their personality that I admire or that I wish I had or that I hope uh, I, you know, I, I have enough of, that kind of thing. I won't say my characters, if we're, if we're thinking the, the heroines, are strong but in different ways within their personality. Rosa, the middle sister in, in her perfect affair, she's the quiet, the shy, reserved one, the 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 reliable one. If you want something done, um, then you you know by a, F- a Fernandez sister, then you you know, you ask Rosa. But in in the book, something happens right from the very beginning, and she shows a quiet strength and and a conviction in the decision that that she makes. Um, and I think mostly, it's not that I'm writing romance to show kick-ass heroines. For me, my books show the the value and the strength of healthy relationships. Um, you know, whether the whether it's a strong heroine, you know, physically, mentally, you know, and, and whatever. But it's two people um, and their family that's you know in the way or out of the way or you know in the mix. But two people that learn through the course of the story how to be better people in some way and not just because of that other person but but maybe along with that other person and so um, I, I haven't gotten a, a fan letter, you know, like this, but I've heard of, you know, lots of authors have shared um, having received a fan letter from someone, you know, that they, you know, a, a, they were reading this book with a loved one in the hospital, or they had been in a in in a bad relationship or in a bad situation, and reading this story, you know, either gave them hope or you know helped them see a different way. For me, I have had care, um, not characters. I've had readers come to tell me they really appreciated seeing a Latinx or a Latina um, like them in, in my book because they don't they haven't seen that enough and it reminded them of you know of themselves and their familia and, and they like that. So it's mostly for me writing romances because one I love the genre as as a reader, but two, it's bringing to light, and you know those examples of healthy, strong relationships, and how life can suck at times. But if you have the right people with you and around you and supporting you, then it's going to be okay. Quick question: Have you ever have you found yourself picking up the traits of your characters in real life? Oh, like through through writing, like by writing, or just I don't know, giving this particular character these characteristics. And consistently write it. Like, have you found that you have picked up any of those traits in your real hmm. life? I don't. I can't say, but I'm, because they're so different, so. right? So I think I'd be a little schizophrenic <laughs> um, if I tried to do that. Uh, um, I, yeah, so I, I, I can't really say. And and there are uh, um, 
there are similarities maybe just because of the culture. You know, like okay. like Lili and I would love to go dancing on a Friday night with Lili. We'd have a great time. <laughs> um, you know, but so so there's some similarities, but I, I don't think I've like manifest, you know, any any of their traits. Okay. I, I um, it, romance, the romance genre is not all fluff. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people think it's, it's fluff. Um, today's romance authors tackle some pretty tough subjects, whether it's someone who had a, a, a bad relationship where they were battered, um, and now they're finding their way out of that, um, or um, someone who served in the military and has come home with either a physical or an emotional injury. Mm-hmm. Romance authors tackle that, um, so it's not all fluff. Super interesting. Okay, well, I want to take on Valentine's Day before we end this. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I'm thinking. Okay, like it's this is gonna air. What I say, January twenty first. Mm-hmm. So we got, got a few weeks. You know, you got some time. Some time. Now you can, you're gonna get some great tips here. <laughs> you can prepare like I'm gonna prepare. Get out your pens and start taking some notes. Um, I don't know. Just give us, give us some. I don't. Give me some, I want a romantic Valentine's tips. Something that I can do to really like wow my wife. Well, I would be remiss if I didn't say you should buy her some romance novels. Okay. <laughs> okay. But now that now that we've moved past that shameless self plug, um, really, I think the first kind of corny thing it would be to think about it from that person's perspective. Like, what would your loved one? want, not what you want to buy them, right? Or not what you want to do with them, but what would they want to do? What, what gift would they like to have? Um, and, and, and then you'll be in the right, you'll be starting in the right ballpark. And the gift doesn't necessarily have to be two dozen long stem red roses or mm-hmm. a diamond necklace, um, just time together or doing something thoughtful for that person, whether it's, um, you know, she has to come home and cook dinner every night. Cook dinner, have dinner ready and waiting for her when she comes, have a glass of wine to give her when she walks in the door. Um, just thoughtful little things mean a whole lot more, at least to me. Than the bing, right. The, there's there's the that bling. book, The Five Languages of Love. So do you know what, yeah. what your partner's love language is? It's funny, I just read and, that book. And, and, think, and think about it from that perspective. So not, so not your love language, but theirs. Um, I What's think, your love language? I'm a lot of time with. Okay, so quality time. Quality time. Same. Same. That could, that's probably a, a lot part. Like my family separated a, a lot. You know, we were military, and now all my girls are so. Any time, any time with with them. Or the other day, someone asked me they were doing that tidying up show. They they watched that tidying up show. I'm like kind of nervous because I really need to watch it. <laughs> um, but so they asked, what what what's something that you would get rid of that you don't need and I immediately went to something I need to keep right and it's not anything they said something you're not using that you don't um, and it's my abuela's vata her her house um, like her house dress that um, that's in my closet and and I don't wear it because I don't want it to, to smell like me but when I, I can just see it there or I can just touch it and and the first thing I want is more time with her you know so yeah that's yeah. I read that well read, listened to the audio book. I'm like driving in the car, listening to this, like, I'm going to get, I'm going to have a better marriage and I'm going to, I'm going to be better. I'm going to be better in all my relationships. And it's funny because, um, as I was listening to that book, 
you're like, oh my gosh, this makes complete sense. Yeah. <laughs> like I totally get it. <laughs> so that's that was actually a really good book. And and not only like from a relationship standpoint, mm-hmm. like husband wife, but I mean even with my kids, right? Like paying attention to my children and paying attention to even my relationships with my team, you know, my, my teams, and it's it's definitely like it's like it's like a different perspective. Mm-hmm. You really start. You know, just zoning in on like, I'm now I'm walking around being like, what's her love? <laughs> what's his love language? Yeah. So it's, uh, it's interesting. Um, so I have one final question before we wrap this up. You know, what is it like? Like, why Gainesville? Like, why are you guys in Gainesville? You know, know, is there is there more? Is there better places to write? Is there better? Is there more opportunity elsewhere, or is it very like? Well, I do, this, I do enjoy writing at the beach, and, okay. um, but Gainesville, I came to school here and, you know, I was here undergrad. My parents, my mom fell in love with Gainesville, so they retired and moved from Key West up here uh, maybe about 10 years ago now. And, and you said I, you were in the military? or you, My, yeah. my uh, spouse was in the military. Uh, Air Force. Okay. And then were, were you the one that saw like we're out in San Antonio at some point? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, like stationed out there? Or, no. Um, just... Well, my dad's from San Antonio. Okay. My sister's actually stationed out in San Antonio right now. She's a she's a nursing science researcher in the Air Force, but she came to UF as well. I so... went to high school in San Antonio. Oh, you did? Where? Yeah. My dad did. So, um, for I went for one short year at Churchill High School, and okay. then I transferred to. Reagan High, Ronald Reagan High School when it first opened. I was in the first graduating class in the year 2000 of Ronald Reagan High School. Over. So shout out to San Antonio. Whoop, whoop. Go Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but I love San Antonio, so that's all. Yeah, I yeah, I, it's, I love it. It just has so much flavor and a big city with a lot of, well, with a lot of flavor. Um, so I was living actually in Southern Illinois when, and my parents had moved back here. Okay. And so I moved back home to be closer with family, so. And so that's how you're here. Mm-hmm. Well, I went to school here uh, for law school, and then a year later came back to work for the university as a lawyer, and so we moved here from Ponte Vedra. Um, we lived on the beach, and people thought we were nuts <laughs> giving up our place on the beach and moving to Gainesville, but I, I was born and raised in Jacksonville, and frankly, we love Gainesville. Um, I, I, we found deep roots here, so yeah. we love it. No, is attorney like full time? You said you had a full time job. Yeah, so I'm actually not practicing law anymore. I went into administration at the university, but it is a full time job. Cool. And um, you also had mentioned something about a nonprofit, real quick. Yes, so my husband and I have the Climb for Cancer Foundation, it's a local nonprofit, and we um, support cancer patients while they're going through treatment. Okay. And um, why don't you tell us, like, where we can find more information about that, because that's always that's always a good thing that we can do right here at home. Uh, it's, it's great. All of the money stays here in the community, um, and it's climbforcancerfoundation.org. Okay, awesome. Well, I think that's it. The last question, well, I know that I said that was my last question, but this is like, this is my, <laughs> your last this is like my really, really last question, is um, how could our audience connect with you, find you, find your books? You know, are you guys on social oh. media? If they mm-hmm. wanted to say hello, how? what's the best way to sure. say hello? Hola, if you want to say hola, um, I'm on Twitter and Instagram. It's at Pris, P-R-I-S, Oliveras. Um, also, I've got author Facebook page, so Pris Oliveras there as well. Um, on you can on my website, you'll find links to Amazon, to iBooks, to Kobo. Um, all of my Kensington books are print, digital, or audio, and the Thule book is print and digital as well. So yeah, 
Shout out. Oh, also, I got to say this. Sorry, yeah, but um, I'm on several Facebook groups. But um, the one that I helped start was um, Four Chicas Chat. There are three of us. I mean, there are four of us. Myself and three others. I'm 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 a writer, not a mathematician. Um, so there are four of us. We're all we're all Latinas. Um, so we write Latinx um, romance. Some are with a mix of some sometimes Latinx, sometimes not. But it's in one of our Facebook groups. Um, it's like a reader author. Um, if you like to join, come. If you like to talk about reading, but also we talk about you know social media and entertainment and whatever else is going on in our lives. We kind of think we call it our our casa. So like the doors always open. Come in, grab a drink from the fridge, sit down. On the couch and you know let's chat a little bit that's cool so um, I'm on Facebook Twitter um, Pinterest and then I also have a website RebeccaHeflin.com and all of those you can find under Rebecca Heflin Excellent. Well, thank you so much for being oh, here. Thanks. This is like super interesting. Like I'm, fun. I was like, man, this is this is gonna be completely new to me, and that's what I love about it. Is like, I mean, there you go, Gainesville. Like, who who knew? Like, there's like romance novel writers, right? Or like <laughs> right a here, in, here in your backyard. Yeah. yeah how, like, what's the what? How many do you know? If you Gosh, they're about. We have, we meet. Um, for dinner, like every quarter, and, and in between, week. yeah, and, and in between, usually maybe like seven is kind of that seven, eight. I'm trying. I, I want to try cool. to start. And so you guys have built like a community around. Yeah, that. I think mm-hmm. there's 13 of us in the group, and there's usually about seven or eight of us that come at, for at dinner. dinner. Yeah. yeah, and I would say if you're interested in writing a novel, then um, keep track of like in November. I mean, we're just the start of the year, but not, you know, November's National Novel Writing Month, NaNoWriMo, and there is a local group here, and they'll meet. People will meet to write together and, and, and to network. You can find out more online. But um, if you if you decided to write a book, let us know. Yeah, I will. It's not going to be anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> and it probably won't be in the romance genre. But um, yeah, you never know. You right? never know. You never know. Never say never. <laughs> so, well, thanks again so much for being here. Gainesville, thank you for listening. This is the WHOA GNV Podcast, the podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa. We'll see you later. Bye.